All right. Hello, Copy Conversations listener. Today, we have the very special Dr. Jason. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. All right. So let me just give all of you an introduction Introduction. Sorry, to Dr. Jason Leong, if you do not know already. Um, he is a doctor, medical doctor, turned comedian. Um, he also, I think, has won a cup, some competitions uh, abroad, if I'm not mistaken. I checked online. You've won the 7th International Hong Kong Comedy Competition back I think back a couple of years ago. Yep. And now on Netflix, uh, he has a show called Hashtag Blessed. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I think I'll go into that a little bit later on why it's called Hashtag Blessed and all mm-hmm. the other Netflix stuff. But I think the first and most important question is, how does a medical doctor, and in fact, also a, a, a of Malaysian origins, because, you know, uh, Malaysian parents, you know, if you are a doctor <laughs> and, you, and you say, I want to become a comedian, I feel like you get a tight slap. You can think that. So I think, I think uh, that's the first question, Dr. J. So how, how, how did that happen? Well, I've always liked stand-up comedy, um, been a fan of the uh, art form. And in school, I was always known as the class clown, like to make jokes, crack jokes. And also, I like to hear my own voice. I like to talk. I like to do, get involved with all the school activities that require me to talk, like uh, public speaking. Uh, I joined the debate team. Uh, I was the MC for most of my school events. Uh, so, stand-up comedy was like a natural extension of my hobbies and interests. So, in 2010, there in 10 years ago, actually, <clears throat> there were no stand-up comedy shows in Malaysia, so to speak. We didn't really have an industry. But there were a few people who, few uh, then budding stand-up comedians who were trying to create a scene. So, what they did was they started this thing called YCOM, which is uh, Young Comedians of Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And where they started... This is before I started doing stand-up comedy. They were trying to do uh, shows at restaurants, at bars. And uh, my wife saw one of them doing stand-up comedy. And uh, she looked at me and she said, Jason, I'm sure you can do better. And uh, so a few months after that, uh, in June 2010, there was an open mic show called Time Out KL Comedy Thursdays. So open mic means anyone can come and do five minutes and of stand-up comedy. You can try uh, so I asked, I got a spot, drove down from Penang. I was working in Penang at the time. Drove down from Penang, did stand-up. Uh, I was given five minutes. I did nine minutes way, uh, way over time, but uh, the crowd liked it. And then uh, that was my first gig. So then I got invited back again for a few more gigs and then uh, just slowly trying again and again. And then, uh, you know, uh, the rest is history. So how, how did you basically... Um... Because yes, you you've done gigs, but you're actually a doc. You're a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like uh, it's not like you you weren't doing anything, and then you, you yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go to comedy. So like, how, you know, how how did that like sort of okay? Like today, you know, you tell your wife, say today, yes. honey, I'm I'm gonna not be a doctor anymore. Yeah. And my so name the, is Dr. Jason. But, yeah. yeah. The 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 process was not uh you know not 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 like that clear cut. You know, I was doing stand up and being a doctor for like. I think uh, yeah, for about four years, stand up and three three years lah, stand up and being a doctor. And once I have, you know, I realized that I could make, you know, enough money as a comedian. And when there was two competing things which I couldn't do at the same time because I was working nine to five, eight to five, Monday to Friday, and then Saturday Sundays I go and perform. So it was 
no no rest. I was really tired, so I know how to give up one. So I thought, let's try this stand up comedy thing. So I did. I, I took three months off unpaid leave, and then three months became six months, became nine months, became a year, and then never went back. <laughs> um. So when you first did your your first gig, right? Uh, what kind of jokes were you making? Have you already created a persona of who you are? Yeah, not really a personal, but things that I, I found funny. Like uh, my first ever good joke uh, was about how uh, I realized that in Malaysia there there are a lot of Chindian couples, and the combination is always uh, Chinese girl go out with Indian guy. It's never Chinese guy go out with Indian woman, uh, and I, and I think it's because like Indian guys, you know, they have got way cooler names than Chinese guys. Like Indian guys, uh, I know an Indian guy. His name is Money. Uh, I know another Indian guy. His name is Cash. So, <laughs> cash and money going after Chinese girl. You know, you know my Chinese name is my Chinese name is Leong Se Kiong. It sounds like a herb. Okay, so, <laughs> so that was my. F- so, uh, uh, I, I, you write about what you know, you joke about what you know, and then slowly as time goes on, you delve into other topics, other subjects. I see, and and you mentioned that um, it was hard for you to balance both when you had to become a doctor and also to me. Uh, and also for your stand-up uh, career, but then how do you make a living um, telling jokes? Do you oh. rely only on gigs, or are there any also revenue sources that one should? Uh, initially, the the big money earners were doing uh, stand-up comedy at uh, corporate gigs. Uh, the events uh, industry in Malaysia is quite robust, so people like to have uh, companies and uh, corporations like to have events like at the annual dinners, product launch, celebrations or parties, whatever. So then to spice up the event, they hire like, you know, magicians, uh, sing, uh, singers. So the, it then progressed to hiring stand-up comedians and stand-up, stand-up comedy is very well suited for that sense that, you know, it's just one guy talking, telling jokes, people get excited. And for an event, if the stand-up comedian is good, people will remember the stand-up comedian and nothing else. So, like people say, hey, you know, remember that, that annual dinner that we had in 2010? Mm-hmm. They won't really know, but if they say, yeah, that time we had Douglas Lee, oh, yeah, 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 I remember. So they remember the stand-up comedian. They remember the jokes. They remember what makes them laugh. I see. So then, then basically from then on, now, how often do you actually do this kind of gigs or do you fully sort of content creation uh, oh. route? Um, so after that, there was also like stuff that, I mean, in terms of money, like, uh, you know, uh, shoot videos for clients, uh, you know, then, or sometimes companies, they pay you to uh, post ad, uh, a post on social media, just being like a KOL or an ambassador of the product. And then also um, touring, you know, like doing actual shows, like uh, mm-hmm. selling tickets to your events, touring around, like I, I toured around last year. I toured around like five cities in Malaysia, Singapore, Hong Kong, um, uh, four cities in Australia, and I've been to India also, India, Dubai, um, Sri Lanka. So it, it, all this is also a source of income, uh, performing and touring. So yeah, like, there's quite a, you know, if you're good, if you work hard, there's, there's a diverse, uh, there are diverse ways uh, to make money as a stand-up comedian. How, how did you manage to break into those um, countries? And, are the jokes that you tell here in Malaysia, will it hit differently in those, uh, with those uh, 
Yeah, most of the crowd, people that come to watch me outside Malaysia are also Malaysians, but uh, my jokes are diverse enough so that you don't necessarily have to be Malaysian to understand or laugh. Like in my Netflix special, you know, you all the jokes in my Netflix special, you don't have to be a Malaysian to get it. You, you yep. I mean, uh, I've had uh, you know uh, user reviews from overseas who say they like it, even though they're not Malaysian and. Uh, it's the experience is which is uh, I mean the experiences that I bring forth which is uh, universal. How how did you um, I mean it's not just uh, it's not just about making shows and things like that. I mean from your process of actually going to gigs, how did you increase your brand? I mean I mean oh. that, that that mustn't have been easy, right? Yeah, I mean. Uh, that's a good question. It's, it's, uh, I, mean, I mean, the easy answer is uh, just be funny. You know, uh, if you're really funny, people remember you. You have to be there. Uh, yeah, that, that, is the most, <laughs> that is the most important, you know. But also there is, um, uh, like every career uh, or in whatever the, anyone pursues, uh, to be successful doesn't just hinge upon uh, being good at what you do. That is uh, mm-hmm. both... Uh, that is unfortunate, but that is also the reality, right? Uh, in our, in my world, stand-up comedy, uh, uh, it has a lot to do with uh, marketing and promotion. Now, we live in a, the age of the digital media, social media. So, another portion of work goes into making sure that I have, I have a, a good and robust uh, social media presence. Um, YouTube, My YouTube channel, I upload... Uh, regularly uh, social media I mean uh, Instagram Facebook Twitter mm-hmm. I'm active on all these platforms and, and so that content thing for that? Oh, oh no man uh, I, I, I should uh, when I become more famous or I have more money but I don't have uh, yeah. a content, okay. I don't have a content manager at the moment so everything but the thing is every, everything you can sort of learn uh, by yourself uh, what you need to do to be on YouTube, so uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So uh, for now, I'm chugging along, um, but it's very important to for any. Actually, it's important for almost anyone to have a good social media presence because that's how people get to know your work uh, and how people know your brand. So it's very important. Everyone should have some form of social media presence uh, in their careers. Then do you have a separate social media profile just for your families or you don't? Oh, no, no. Well, on Facebook, I have a personal one. And oh, then I have, okay. I have a Facebook page. Uh-huh. Uh, my Instagram is mostly not personal. Uh, and Twitter is Twitter. Lah, so. okay, Twitter is Twitter. Because, lah. <laughs> we do follow you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some people have like separate accounts for their friends. Oh, oh no, no, no. I, I have, I have yeah. one. Same one, yeah. So um yeah I I want to touch deeper on your Netflix special, uh but more first okay let's say I want to have a Netflix special how should uh-huh. I go about it? Uh depends what is your Netflix special uh comedy <laughs> or uh... okay can I go with uh, comedy? I mean uh there uh Netflix used to commission uh their own specials and that's why it's uh, they are called Netflix originals mine was a uh, license so. I had a finished product and I showed them and, and they liked it. So they, they licensed it. Uh, uh, by and large, I think you have to be, uh, you have to show something which is uh, uh, really good. Lah, uh, I would say, uh, but, but, but Malaysia is not, uh, how to say, there are a lot of uh, content creators who have 
successfully sold their stuff to Netflix, like uh, Wantu Jaga, uh, Fly by Night, um, some uh, Kopitiam, and I think a few local movies. So yeah, it's not impossible. So as long as you, as long as you got a good product, uh, Netflix, I feel uh, they are willing to listen. So you have to record it yourself, um, and then you send them the finished product for them to review. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless they approach you first and commission you, which is they, yeah. Okay. Um, diving deeper because the Netflix special was also, it was a show, right? It wasn't just you recording. It was basically as part of a, a show. And I think most, most even most uh, Netflix special for comedy, it's not just them talking to a screen or individual. It's mostly them within like a hall, right? Yeah. So... I'm wondering like what, 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 when you make these shows, right? I mean, although it seems like it's off the cuff, you mm. know, all the jokes seems like, you know, like for example, uh, I can't remember, uh, what's that guy's name, but he basically picks up people in front of him and he mocks them right in front, you know, I can't remember what the guy, the comedy, uh, stand-up comedian's name, but mm-hmm. so how, how do you create that persona and how do you actually create that storyline throughout to actually make it so seamless because it's like an hour. So it's not like you're literally talking for an hour, an hour. without, without uh, most of them without any crowd, uh, you know, speaking back to you. Yeah. So see, so what, what most comedians do is when they perform in their careers, uh, they have, uh, they start by having five minutes, nine minutes, ten, they work up the time. Lah, so the, until you get one hour. Um, so an hour is like the normal benchmark for like uh, a comedy special or like a solo or like a solo tour. Some comedians do longer than that, of course, but one hour is a good benchmark. Lah. Um, so uh, for like 20, in 20, this show was taped in 2018. So in 2018, I had a new one hour show. And I, when I went to tape, I had, I performed an additional 20 to 30 minutes so that I have one, one and a half hours yeah. of my best material and I cut it down to one hour. So all the, local stuff I, I, I can trim it and trim oh. and leave it out so I have one hour now the process is also, it's also quite grueling because like in the very beginning what I started doing was doing uh, trial shows where uh, I will have a show where it's called like a Jason Leong workshop show or trial show where I will perform one hour of new material and the tickets are like 10 ringgit per ticket so they come in and watch and I just, and I tell them, look, this is a new one hour. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know whether it's funny or not. If it's not funny, don't complain because you only pay 10 ringgit. So shut up. So I will, I will work on the one hour. Maybe I did three or four shows. Then I knew, okay, this can work. Uh, tried a few times more at local shows. Then when I, when I, then I started touring it and I toured all around my entire tour and my last date was when I taped it. So by the time I went to tape, I had already performed the show 45 times. Wow. So 45 times, one hour. Uh, so once you work out the muscle, you know you can, you're good to go. So by the time I went to tape, I, I already know the show inwards and outwards, front and back. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's, it's like, it's like working out, like, it's like rehearsing, you know. So after you've done rehearsing for 45 times, you're, you're good to go. So all the seamlessness is from like the callbacks, you know, like I reference an earlier joke by saying this, then I reference it again and link. It's not linked, it's, more, it's what we call callbacks. Like, uh, 
like I reference something which I talked about 20 minutes ago, I bring it back. So then and people seem to enjoy that a lot. Um, and you find the callbacks when you tour a, 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 what, a, a show. You, you, you do it every, every night. They, they realize, eh, actually this has something to do with that one. Eh? Oh yeah, yeah. They can. And this only comes from touring. It can't just come from just writing and uh, regurgitating off a script. It comes from knowing your stuff really well. So by the time I taped the special, I was already very confident of what I can present. So it is actually a very um, strategic process before you um, tape your, your show. Yeah. And, and, and I would say that every comedian, uh, no matter how big or small, they do the same thing because they, they need to know it's good before they tape it. And once you tape it, it's eternal. You cannot erase it anymore. Okay. So, 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 yeah. So That's they... True. And everyone, you can, you can listen to Kevin Hart mm-hmm. talking about his process with Joe Rogan. It's exactly the same. He spends one year working on it, tape it, and then when, let's say, in 20, he spends 2018 tape, uh, working on it, tape in 2019, comes out in 2019, but in 2019, he's really working for the new special that was, that's going to come out in 2020. So it's the mm-hmm. same process. So it's, it's also in, inevitable that there will be those that have watched your show before to also watch the Netflix special, right? Because, yeah, of course, because it's, yeah. it's literally a show. Yeah, because I have some of my friends who say, oh, uh, this comedian um, re- repeats some, some of his old jokes. So uh, I just want to hear from your own standpoint, right? what's your thought when someone says that? Yeah. 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 No, so every comedian repeats his jokes, of course. Mm-hmm. No comedian does, doesn't repeat his or her jokes, right? Uh, jokes are never finished. There is a saying, jokes are never complete. Jokes always evolve and improve, right? Um, but yes, so but there, there is a, you know, a comedian shouldn't repeat his jokes too often, lah, you know, like, uh, like for now, the, the, the show, like when I, if after COVID happens and uh, MCO is lifted, next year when I tour again, mm-hmm. I can't do the jokes that is there, that are, that is already on on Netflix. I have to do new stuff. So I think a reasonable benchmark is you know, uh, a new one hour show every year, a new one hour show every year. So, so within um, within the same year, you yeah. cannot complain lah. Like I repeat jokes lah. I mean, especially <laughs> if like okay. especially like I if I go to Kuching, I tell a joke. Then I go to Penang, I tell the same joke. Then you say I repeat joke. Hey, come on, man! How many people fly from Kuching? <laughs> Just to see you. <laughs> yeah. So actually, um, as, as you were saying that, how, how do you come up with the storyline? I know, I know wow. you say you get the process right, right? But the storyline is never easy because it, it's, uh, it's similar. I don't know whether it's similar to acting, right? Acting, you have a script, but you have to read exactly what's on the script. Right? But for you, you have yeah. to, I guess, improvise to some extent. So yeah, how it's, do you create that? It's different from acting in the sense that you are also the script writer. So, uh, and you are also the director. You are also the cameraman. You are everything yourself. It's a one-man show. Uh, so with a, so what I do is sometimes when I think of something funny, I'll write. I write down my my uh, my phone, like just a one-liner of the idea. Then I go back and I try and hash it out and see whether I have something new. So I hash it out, hash it out, hash it out, and hopefully, uh, I have something new lah. So. Uh, the writing process is not easy. A lot of comedians do different things to get the juices flowing. Uh, I just write down ideas and I go, when the time comes, I go computer, flash it out. Then I try at my trial shows. So it, it's, it's not a clear cut process. Uh, definitely one of the, the hardest things to do. 
write new jokes. It's like iterative lah. Sorry? It's iterative lah. So you you get the idea, then you have to like try, 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 and then works, doesn't work, and then tomorrow you think of something new, try it, works, yeah. doesn't work, a kind yeah, of thing yeah. lah. So it's never yeah. ending lah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say like for every one joke that a comedian uh, likes or think is successful, there's probably three or four others which are, which he or she has to throw down the dustbin because it doesn't work. Mm. Are there any weird things that a comedian that you know that will do to get his or her juice? Uh, a lot of them take drugs. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> unfortunately. Or fortunately, however you see it. Um, some, uh, uh, some will shut themselves into a, a room and then force themselves to write. Uh, also, a lot of people have writing buddies where they they write down some ideas and they, they go to a fellow comedian and say, hey, what do you think of this? Just talk, into each, other, talk to each other with the ideas and see how it flows, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. I like that the, the talking, to another, talking to a fellow comedian and see how she, he or she feels about the joke. Yes. I see. I just want to segue into the, I don't know, comedy industry or, or I mean, it, it's, based, it's content, right? Um, but you coming into industry from a different background, I mean, I'm assuming that other comedians, they may not have been a doctor. <laughs> so I, I feel like they, that, that's something unique that you, you yeah. sort of uh, hold. But just uh, give us a sense of how it's like it, it, within the industry, like, you know, with, within other comedians, how is it like if they were to uh, climb up and have a break in, in, you know, in terms of popularity or famousness? Um, is it similar to any other entertainment industry or how different is it? Oh, I don't know about other entertainment industries because you see, in Malaysia, all the other entertainment industries uh, have been around for many years. Yeah. Uh, and they have entrenched within them their own, you know, their own, uh, you know, movers and shakers, power holders. You know, they've all entrenched already, right? Um, <clears throat> like, you know, if you want to be a successful singer, you got to know this label, you got to know this production house, you got you know, whatever, like, you know, you got to know this agent. So stand-up comedy is different in two aspects. One is, it's a new, it's a new industry. It's mm-hmm. entertainment industry, but it's very new compared to the others. So there are no, not many entrenched power players or movers and shakers. So I'm lucky in the sense that I could chart my own career path without, you know, having to necessarily like this guy or have that guy like me or have that promoter like me. It, 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 it doesn't happen that way. And so because the industry is so new, uh, if, if you, because I, work, I worked hard at my game, uh, I kind of... You kind of get to know the media, the people that you need to know. So I become my own best promoter. I become my own best tour agent. I become my own best publicist. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, and I think, uh, say, a singer, my same age, and started do, doing singing the same time I started doing comedy, I don't think that singer would have that much of luxury and uh, flexibility that I have because the industry is so new. Uh, my comedy career is almost as old as the stand-up comedy industry in Malaysia. So that's one. Number two, another big difference from all the other industries is stand-up comedy now is very popular. It's a new thing. It's very popular. Uh, and it's the new, it's the new cool thing. So mm-hmm. uh, 
a lot of people, I mean, all things being equal, Malaysians right now, especially in the urban areas, would would more likely pay to watch a live stand-up comedy show than a live local singer or a live local band or a live local play, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the unique thing about stand-up comedy is that Malaysians prefer to watch Malaysians do stand-up comedy than other white guys or you know other I mean, yeah, it's true, it's true. I feel like yeah. our jokes are, are much more tailored to us lah to be fair right yeah so that is it's the fun. interesting that is the interesting part like for example like you know if 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 you were to choose between say uh Siti Nohaliza uh, or uh Blackpink performing <laughs> right and 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 let's say the ticket prices are the same everyone's going to go for Blackpink nobody will give a fuck about Siti Nohaliza but stand up comedy uh you know you will find that people may be more inclined to pay for a malaysian stand up comedian than uh, a foreign artist so all these are advantages which we currently enjoy so uh it's 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 uh, I, w- I would say all things being equal is kind of easier but then again stand up comedy in an in and of itself is a very diffi- difficult art form it's very it's brutal Uh, especially when you're starting out, I've seen so many, so many people who they have a great promise, funny jokes, they do open mics and then uh, the first night they do well, second or third night they bomb and then they don't come back because it's just too much for them. So yeah. what would you, uh, what, what should these aspiring stand-up comedians need to think about if they really want to chart a proper career in this industry? Yeah, I think they got to really uh, invest in themselves. Uh, and I mean that in both <coughs> uh, financially and non-financially because like you need to, I mean, there are things that they can do without spending money like have a proper social media presence, have a proper YouTube channel, have a proper social media, platf- uh, social media presence. Um, and number two, I mean, yeah, you got to spend some money, you know, like... Uh, Right now, what I do is, or previously before Netflix is, I will uh, post uh, clips of myself doing stand-up comedy at clubs or, you know, wherever. And uh, I make sure that I have proper audio. Like, I, I, I mic myself up. I have an audio yep. file so, so that my clips sound clear. Yep. And, and a lot of comedians nowadays, they don't do that. They upload, no, okay, not only, I mean, already not all of them upload clips of themselves doing stand-up comedy. When they do, The audio is bad. So when the audio is bad, people are not inclined to listen to you. So the interesting thing about a video of a stand-up, stand-up comedy clip is that the audio is way more important than the video. So it's not just about the jokes, also about the audio quality. Yeah, the audio quality sucks. Nobody cares about the jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. so sad. That's, yeah, so I think that's why I feel that... Uh, and I think this, this uh, advice is not just for stand-up comedy in anything you know you got to invest in yourself you got to put yourself out there if not then nobody cares who you are so you got to invest in yourself and put yourself out there let's uh let's talk about the art form um so let's say if shas and i we we choose to learn this art form of telling jokes can we be funny or is there more no one has to say it Oh yeah, uh, the more, uh, again, another interesting thing about stand-up comedy is you can't rehearse, you can't, you can't study, you can't practice. Uh, mm-hmm. It is all in the doing. Stand-up, to do stand-up comedy is 
to do stand up comedy uh, if you want to be a dancer you can practice and rehearse for hours then you can dance really well in front of the judge you know you or if you want to if you want to be an actor you can rehearse your lines you can you know go for acting class then you can impress the casting director stand up comedy man you 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 can't practice behind the behind stage backstage and then perform the same in front of the audience the audience will tell you mm-hmm. whether or not you're funny so there's no way you can rehearse off the stage you got to go on stage and tell it in front of a live audience and then you will know whether you're funny or not so um Yes, there are things that you can learn, like you know, mic technique, you know, uh, types of comedy, how to blah 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 blah. But you just got to do it. Um, sign up for open mic uh, spots. Uh, I think the Crack House Comedy Club has one every Wednesday. Uh, newbies will get three minutes, so you go on stage three minutes, and you try for three minutes. And three minutes may sound very short, but when you're on stage and you're not you're not getting a laugh, it's uh, it can last. It can feel like an eternity. Three minutes, and I guess that's why people um, get very disappointed, as you said, right? The first night they they kill it, and then after that, if they tank it, they feel like, oh my god, I'm not actually that funny, and then they quit. So I guess resilience is a is yeah. a big factor as well, right? Because stand up comedy, yes. I think, I... <laughs> accepting you... rejection as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 comedians that the the comedians that you see today are they're not necessarily the funniest people. Uh, they just have the thickest. They had. They they just have the thickest skins, you know. Uh, uh and a bit psychopathic. Uh, in fact, uh, a bit of a, a sad, um, a sadist, a masochist. Are you talking about yourself? <laughs> no, generally, um, mo- most comedians have very thick skins because we've all bombed before. We've all been, you know, booed, and we still think, you know, what? I'm still the man, and want to do stand-up comedy, you know. Uh, and we're all a bit. Uh, a bit of a masochist because we like the pain. We like the you know you gotta have something in you that makes you go. You know what? I'm gonna, yeah, I wanna go and let people think I'm not funny. I wanna go and let people judge me silently while they eat their food, and think that I'm a piece of shit. You know, like you gotta be a bit wow. insane to 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 want that. You know, and you gotta go through all the bullshit uh, before you finally start feeling normal and good about your jokes, or 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 people start to accept your jokes. It's like a mantra, right yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's uh, it's so. That's why, uh, if you observe, almost all the stand-up comedians that you see, none of them come from uh, rich or privileged backgrounds. They're all poor as fuck, and then they they became successful doing stand-up comedy because no rich guy wants to go and let his ego get destroyed for what? Why? There are so many easier ways to make money. Why should I get my you know get my ego absolutely smashed in front of the girl I like in the audience that is not laughing? You know, I might so if I want the attention, I can practice guitar and look cool in a in a rock band. You know, why stand up comedy? It's it is really for those who are a bit insane. Fair enough. Um, okay, we're approaching the end, but I just wanted to touch a little bit on the situation currently. Obviously, now uh, stand up comedians they can't really host events, right? So yeah, it becomes increasingly difficult i mean i think i feel like you can say the same with like singers and bands and whatnot right so right now how how are you know your your friends or people in your industry they are faring and what what are they doing to actually yeah self-load? yeah the sad thing is stand up a live stand-up comedy show is very anti-covid sop it's uh we want people to be huddled up in small confined spaces 
uh, not wearing mask and laughing out loud. So yeah, uh, it's gonna be tough for a while. Uh, but you know, like all things, uh, this too shall pass. Uh, events will come back definitely. But for now, a lot of people, a lot of them are doing uh, Zoom shows where it's people sign in and they perform stand up comedy. But it's like this, like like Zoom. Yeah. Or uh, before this current lockdown, there were there were live events, but you know the capacity is half. People have to wear masks. Uh, but uh, there were there were events. Uh, the next hurdle, I think, is once the cases come down, uh, we, uh, it will, the live events, all live events will come back with a, with a gusto because, you know, even, you must understand, the Malaysians themselves have been deprived of live entertainment for a very long time. So you have, yep. bottled, you have bottled up these people, you know, and then they, got, they, they have some extra cash because they don't get to go on holiday. So where... Where better? Where else better to spend it on than on live events? So I think it will come back with a, with a vengeance, but it'll take some time. I hope so too. So um, we we have one last question. Yes, sir. We ask this to all of our guests. So if you are not the Dr. Jason Yong, who is a doctor and is also a comedian, mm. what would you do in an alternate world? Well, if not 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 medicine or. Uh, so you have to be like if it was another universe like you literally chose a yeah. different path altogether i think it's safe to say that i would have been a lawyer because in a levels uh when i'm doing my a levels i was actually thinking of doing a, a law degree so i was doing like i was doing what else i was doing maths uh law econs and something else i can't remember then after a few months, I said, you know, I, I, I think it's fucking boring. So I, did, I went back to my science stream uh, background, which is uh, maths, physics, chemistry, and biology. Biology. Yeah. And I, I regret it now because all of my lawyer friends are making damn lot of money. And all my doctor friends who are working in the government service are poor as fuck. <laughs> Alrighty. All right, Dr. Jason, I think that, that's it. We, we've taken enough of your time. Thank you so much for Thank you. spending time.